Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. We exist so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. And it's all about Jesus. We're a Jesus church. In case you were wondering. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome. And nobody's perfect. And anything is possible. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look at the person next to you, all right? A place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Another way that we like to say it sometimes is we want to share, this is who we are, okay? We want to share God's love in such a way that people will exchange ordinary living for the extraordinary through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. Well, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about what's coming up in our church. Easter's just around the corner. And be sure, again, be sure. Don't be stingy and just like taking one invite card. Take a bunch of them, all right, when you leave today. And invite, 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 invite. Invite people to Easter weekend at North Star, April 15th and 16th. And then uh, if you saw the video at the beginning of the service, uh, David Platt was talking uh, about Secret Church. He founded Secret Church. Sometimes people have wondered, well, why do they call it Secret Church? That's kind of weird. It's because uh, there, are, there are believers in other countries that have to secretly, um, to avoid persecution, meet and study the Bible. And there are some places that... There may be only one Bible in an entire group of people, and they will uh, pass it around and, and share it that, that way. Also at Secret Church, it's a, what it is, it's, it's an intense time of teaching. This year's study is going to be incredible. This year's study is the Scripture and the authority of the Scripture in a world of skepticism. The authority of Scripture in a world of skepticism. Uh, there are very few absolutes in the world today, and people need to understand the authority of God's Word. And David is a fantastic teacher. He goes really fast, but you're going to really uh, uh, enjoy it. You know, we talk about how we can make disciples, and we want something more. We'll come to Secret Church. Because it's a good time of the teaching of the Word. Uh, we should really uh, fill up our, our Tupelo campus worship uh, auditorium with people that are coming to Secret Church. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. That's uh, April the 21st. April the 21st. Did I mention the invite cards? Yeah, that's a rhetorical. Uh, yeah. Be sure to get some of those. All right. We welcome those that are... Uh, at both of our campuses today. We welcome those that are joining us online. And uh, we just went live moments ago at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. <clears throat> this has been a good series. I've really enjoyed uh, teaching and preaching these messages from the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is six chapters. Some say it was, it's like the cliff notes of the book of Romans. I like the book of Romans, but I really like to read the book of Ephesians. Paul was one of 44 writers 
who wrote 66 books of the Bible, uh, inspired by God to write it. Human authors, but divinely inspired. And so Paul was one of those. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The book of Ephesians is a very interesting book. Some say that it is Paul's pristine work. Uh, it's also, also been called the Swiss Alps of the New Testament, the Grand Canyon of the New Testament. It was written to a group of young followers of Jesus in the city of Ephesus, which is now modern-day uh, Turkey. And uh, it, it was soon to blossom and grow and spread like you wouldn't believe that how big the church got. And it, it became the hub of evangelism throughout Asia in that day. And so Paul writes a letter to the church at Ephesus, and the first three chapters deal primarily with, with theology and doctrine, the truth, and how, to, how, how they needed to hear that because they, were, uh, they had met Christ. They were now part of the Jesus community, but their lives had been spent in the city of Ephesus and with a different religion, worshiping the little g goddess uh, Diana, and uh, they would go to the, the temple of Artemis. Artemis was Zeus' daughter, Zeus, the daughter of Zeus. It's easier to say it that way. And so they, they had all of this baggage, all of this in their, their, their past, and Paul is writing this letter to help them to get healthy, to help them to, to understand what healthy truth and what the truth really is. And then the last three chapters of the book of Ephesians um, deals with things more practical of, of how to live the Christian life. And so today we're going to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to talk about how to live like Jesus. Amen? You ready to get into the Word? I mean, seriously? Yeah, I'm ready. Mm. No, you get in the Word. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read the first two verses, and then we're going to go to another passage. Ephesians 5 says, Follow God's example. Therefore, as, a dearly, loved, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. So we're going to talk about that, how to walk in the way of, of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, that's the NIV. I want to read that from the, um, the message, all right? You're going you're gonna to like this. All right, here we go. Same, same two verses. Watch what God does. And then you do it. Watch it and then do it. Say, watch it and do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Ooh. He didn't have, he didn't love in order to get something from us, 
but to give everything of himself to us. And he says, love like that. So today we're going to talk about how to, how to live, love, walk, and talk like Jesus as a follower of Christ. Now, let's take up in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord uh, is. Do not get drunk uh, on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 21, submit to one another, out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so, so here's Paul. He's, he's talking to these young believers who had come out of this other religion, and religion is predicated on knowing about God. Uh, Christianity is knowing God, but, the, but these Ephesian believers had been worshiping the little g God, a false God. And so, uh, He's trying to help them to be consistent. This is what I know. The human heart, the human condition is by nature inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? As much, I, as, much as I want to be consistent, sometimes I find myself being inconsistent. The more that I want to stay on track, sometimes I find myself not being on track. And so Paul is writing to them and he's trying to help them live a life like Jesus, a life of consistency. Verse 15 again, uh, he says, be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will, understand what the will of the Lord is. So, as Paul is trying to help them to be consistent, like, for example, you say, Terry, how, how, how do you, what are you saying that I need to be consistent with in the Christian life? Well, consistent in your church attendance. Consistent in your Bible reading. And I have a reminder on my phone to remind me to read my Bible. You say, Man, I, I, I ain't believing this. You're the preacher. Uh, and let me explain something. Uh, I study uh, a lot of hours every single week of my life from the Bible. And uh, commentaries and help. So I'm, I'm constantly in the Bible, all right? Are you with me so far? And uh, always, every message that I have ever delivered, every time 
that I have prepared to stand on this stage, God always speaks to me. So I'm up here on Sunday, like, uh, dispensing it, but I'm a user too. I use it. And every time I prepare a message, God speaks to me through that message, through that time of preparation. So uh, I, I got that clear. When I'm studying to preach and to teach, God speaks to me. But that's not my Bible study. Are you tracking with me? That's not my, that's, that's my calling and my job. My Bible study is apart from my Bible study. Are y'all, I just feel like I'm, like I'm talking to myself and into an empty room. All right, look, you know, it's a, it's a psychological thing. Let me know that you're getting it. So, uh, and I'll shut up and, and move on. Uh, when I study to preach, God speaks to me, and that's good. And always before I deliver a message, God has already done a work in my life. But, but that's not my regular Bible study. My regular Bible study is when I open the Bible apart from preparing to speak and ask God, what's your word for me today? I need that. And I need to be consistent with that, and so do you. I need to be consistent. Uh, I have to work on being consistent in my prayer life. It's easy to, to say, God, uh, watch over us tonight and help us to sleep good, help us be healthy, and uh, bless my kids. It's easy to, do, to say prayers like that. There's nothing wrong with those kind of prayers. But if we're going to grow deeper with Jesus and learn to love like Jesus, live like Jesus, talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, we're, we're going to have to commune with Jesus. Amen? And so, uh, those are some areas of consistency that we need to work on. All of us need to work on. Now, so when Paul began with verse 15, this is what he was saying. He was saying this. Write this in your notes. He said, I want you to consider your everyday life. Are you living consistently? Are you on track are you in the Word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you spending time sharing the gospel? Do you end the week by, on a regular basis by going to the house of worship and worshiping God? And the question that I want you to ask today is, how faithful, stable, and consistent was your week last week? Thank you for not answering out loud. But ask yourself that question. I would encourage you just to write that question down in your notes. I know you're so faithful in taking notes. Many of you are. Ask yourself this question. How faithful, how stable, and how consistent was my life this week? And so in verse 15, Paul says, be very careful how you live. He's talking to Ephesian believers, but that transcends just them. It's to us. It's applicable to us. And he says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Okay? So how do, how do I live like Jesus? Talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, love like Jesus. He says, be wise. Be, be wise. Paul is associating wisdom with time. He says in verse 16, making the most of 
every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so again, uh, uh, if you didn't write it down the first time, he's, he is associating wisdom with time. So follow me. How do I live like Jesus? He says, be wise. How can I be wise? Well, he, this is not even my outline. This is Paul's outline. He outlines it right here in the passage. He says, how do I live like Jesus? Every day, every day of my life, he says, be wise. Because the days are evil, be wise. How can I be wise? Uh, I can be wise by making the most of every opportunity. Now, I want to I just pause here and, and say a word about making the most of every opportunity. That's being wise, by the way. Parents, making the most of every opportunity with your children. Many parents are more involved in the game than they are in God's house. Really. That's so true in our culture. And so my encouragement for you parents is to be uh, intricately involved in your children's life at church. Uh, first of all, be sure they're here. We have ch uh, child-appropriate teaching from the Bible that you would not even believe that's going on at both of our campuses at this church. They're, they're learning the Bible. They're learning to do missions. They're learning how to teach people how to share the gospel with somebody else. Make the most of every opportunity letting your kids see you in church. I'm camping out here for just a minute, if you can't tell. Make, every, make the most of every opportunity of your children hearing you pray, seeing you sing, seeing you fellowship, seeing you read your Bible. But it's not just for your children. Make the most of every opportunity. You want to live like Jesus, talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, love like Jesus? Be wise. How? Make the most of every opportunity to get into the Word. I, I started to say a moment ago, I have a reminder on my phone that reminds me to read the Bible. And I know some of you are just taken back by that. I can't believe the pastor has to remind himself to read the Bible. If I'm going to be consistent, I'm in a, if I'm going to make the most of every opportunity and I'm going to be wise, I'm going to do what it takes to keep that on my mind. And so, how to be wise? Make the most of every opportunity. How do I do that? <laughs> understand, this is verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Listen, Christianity is not like a, like a checklist. The Christian walk is not like a checklist. Okay, check, I read my Bible. There used to be offering envelopes when I was a kid and maybe the early days of my ministry that uh, uh, you, you checked it off before you turned it in and they kept records of it. I read my Bible, check. I wrote my check, check. Kind of silly to turn in an offering envelope with nothing inside, right? You'd be surprised. I read my Bible, check. I prayed. Uh, I attended Sunday school or small group, check. And we think by 
we subconsciously have checklists. Oh, I went to church this month or last week, four weeks in a row, two weeks in a row. Check. Listen, Christianity is not about, it's not a checklist. It's not something you check off. In the context that Paul was writing this, he was saying, you need to be wise how? Making the most of your time. And I only covered a couple of areas. The Holy Spirit of God is is right now in your heart covering the other areas that you need some consistency. Hello? How do I make the most of every opportunity? Well, by understanding the will of God. Now, the will of God is not, I mean, it, okay. You say, Terry, how do I understand the, what, a, what is the will of God? Uh, and I encourage people, we'll pray. But the will of God, you, you do pray. I pray before I buy a car, uh, before I make major decisions, or, and even small decisions. God, I want to be following your will. Help me, help me to know this is your will. And I've said this a million times, I'll give whoever, I quoted it from the credit to know, Henry Blackaby, to know the will of God you don't know, do the will of God that you do know, okay? So things that we do know is the will of God, but that's not, that's not so much what Paul was saying. He was saying, understand the will of God. It's not so much, does God want you to be a policeman or a teacher, teacher or a doctor or a mechanic? It's not so much that, even though he does want to be involved in all of those decisions of our lives. Understanding God's will is this. What is God's will? What, why, is, why did Jesus come? What is God up to? He's saving humanity. I'm not saving humanity. God is saving humanity. Not everybody's going to be saved. There there are many that are going to be lost, but it is his desire, it is his will to save humanity. But this is what I know. God is actually in charge. (laughs) And he is doing something really big. God is in charge and he's doing something. I'm not just talking about North Star. I'm talking about in the earth. God is in charge. I don't have to worry about that. I know that God is in charge and that he's doing something really big. One time the disciples uh, asked Jesus, said, when, is, when will the end come? When will, when's the end of time? And Jesus said um, he didn't know when the second coming was going to happen, when the rapture is going to happen, that means when Jesus raptures us home. The Bible teaches, Matt, that's another whole passage, you know, that I need to, I want to get to. Uh, but nobody knows. He said, only the Father in heaven knows when the end will come. But Jesus told them, when this gospel is preached in all of the world, and right now the gospel uh, in Uh, social media and electronically, the gospel is is already penetrating so many dark places and unreached places. And Jesus said, "How, how do I know when the end is? 
when the gospel is preached in all the world. So, how to live like Jesus? Be wise. How, how am I to be wise? By making the most of every opportunity. Wherever area of your life that needs to happen. How do I make the most of every opportunity? By understanding what the will of God is. What's the will of God? To reach the world for Jesus Christ. And he has specific things that he wants to happen in, in our lives. He wants to make a difference in our lives. Now, a few moments ago when I asked the question, um, have you been um, consistent and stable in your Christian walk this past week? Now, that's not the time when I ask that question. That's not the time to say, you know, I, I went to a small group. I'm at church today. I'm tithing. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. Yeah, <laughs> looks like I'm nailing it. No, you're not. Because <laughs> pride, that's called pride. When you ask that question, it's humbling because without a doubt, when I answer that question personally in my own life, it's humbling because I'm telling you, I'm not always stable. I'm not always consistent. My wife will tell you that. But I get in the Word and let the Word get into me and I start learning and growing deeper with God. And that's what He wants from all of us is for us to grow deeper with Him. Now, like out of left field, in the context of this passage, it's almost like it came out of left field. He said uh, in verse 18, do not be drunk on wine. What? You're talking about being wise and understand the will of God, make the most of every opportunity. Where did this come from? Paul knew who, who, who he was writing to, these Ephesian believers, right? And he said, I, and I guess they did get drunk on wine. And so he said, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, in this day, uh, I'm told, historians tell us, scholars tell us, that um, the wine was very weak. The wine was really weak. So they would sit around and they would drink weak wine and um, it took a lot of it to get drunk. You know, they'd get to a certain point and they'd, they'd start dancing funny and carrying on, carrying, carrying on. But it took a lot of wine for them to, to be drunk. Okay, so I'm thinking about this as I'm reading this and I'm studying this. I'm thinking, okay, so what, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying whatever a person does to get drunk, which means drink a lot, in this day especially, it took a lot. Whatever a person does to get drunk, which is to drink a lot, I want you to do and be filled with the Spirit. In other words, drink in the Spirit. Drink it in. Keep on drinking. Keep on drinking. It will change the way you dance. 
Paul said, don't be intoxicated with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I hope you wrote that in your notes. Be filled with the Spirit. First of all, he said, consider your everyday life. To live like Jesus, be wise. Make the most of every, every opportunity. Understand what the will of God is. And now he says, now be filled, be filled with the Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 19. Speaking to, verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Sing songs. Sing songs. Hmm. He's saying sing, sing some songs. You know, when we come to worship, we sing about God and we sing to God. We're singing about him. That's more like a, a hymn. A hymn uh, declares uh, truths about God. And uh, while we don't sing so many traditional hymns in the traditional style, many of the songs that we sing are about God. He's Redeemer. Um, he's Savior. But then we sing to God. I'm just giving you a music lesson here. Those are songs of worship. Like you are, you God, you're worthy of your name. We sang that uh, last time. Uh, and so, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And all in the same phrase, he says, speaking to, your, to each other with, with songs, hymns, and, uh, and singing. So when we come to church, look, we're not, I know some of you are scratching your head, why, why you do, do the kind of music that you're doing and uh, um, why aren't you doing songs off the radio? I mean, many of the songs that we sing may be on Christian radio, but Christian radio songs typically are to listen to in your car or in your home, not to sing with. So we, we have the songs that we sing with. We don't come here on Sunday just to do the top 40. Terry or somebody gets up and speaks and we go home. That's not, that's not what we're here. It's not what we're doing. Look, we're not doing like uh, karaoke. And so when you come together, and let me encourage you, so encourage you to be here early. Don't miss a thing. Because it, it's, it's prayed over, it flows, and, and, and as we come together to sing, uh, we're supposed to come together to sing. Hello? Okay, so, yeah, so, yeah, I, I did, I said it, get here early. I'm being very nice. I could say, quit getting here late. But instead, I said it really nice. Get here early. So much more positive than quit getting here late because you're missing stuff. You, 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 okay. I'm moving on. I saw something shiny and I started going that way. 
And so he says, oh, and one more thing about singing. You want to impress your wife? Sing a little bit. Man, you don't want to hear me singing. I probably don't. It's so loud, we, we don't hear anybody singing sometimes. But uh, a Christian woman wants a godly man who will, who, who will let down the pride. So really, you, you don't want to hear me sing. I, I told you this one time. I, I don't know if anybody remember, but I was standing next to <coughs> a very famous evangelist. He, I mean, pretty famous, and, and uh, um, I'm thinking, I heard him. I'm thinking, man, I can see why he's a preacher, because he sure can't sing. And I looked over at him. It wasn't him that I was hearing. It was me. <laughs> what kills me? I, 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 there's not one soul at either of our locations that I can think of that, that does this, but... When people come to church, man, men or women, by the way. And, and by the way, ladies, a Christian man wants a godly woman too. But to come to church and to stand there just stand there, you know. I mean, let let your hair down. Be willing to to soak it in, be willing to contribute, be willing to sing about God and to, and to sing to God. Uh, no, nobody cares. You don't have to sing very loud. But singing has always been, always been a way that God's creation has connected to, his, to their creator. And then he says, then he says, uh, he is saying, address one another. Address one another. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns. Uh, isolated Christianity. Uh, let me say it a different way. Christianity was never designed to be lived in isolation. We need each other. I know when church is going on and the service is sometimes long, it's usually not my fault, but occasionally I'll say something shiny and we'll stay a little longer than we have to. But guess what? I don't want to rush out of here, rush to my car. What, you, you're going to beat somebody to the, to the restaurant like one minute? We need each other. We need to fellowship together. Hang out. Hang loose. Hang loose. <laughs> you didn't know I knew what that meant, did you? Hang loose, man. I, I, taught, I was teaching this to my grandkids. Hang loose. Hang loose. Speaking to one another with songs. And, and then uh, verse 20, he says, Always giving thanks to, to, to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, Give thanks always. He said, Pastor, it's hard sometimes 
when somebody who did what they did to me or said what they said to me or cut me off in traffic. Oh, I'm with you there. But Paul says, give thanks. The Israelites, they were always griping and complaining and grumbling. And so, so is a lot of modern-day Christians. I have found that the more that I give thanks, the less attitude I have. The more that I give thanks, the less I want. The more that I give thanks, the, the less critical that I become. And then one more, verse 21, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This just means to yield. He's saying to yield to each other. That just, that just says, that doesn't make you a doormat and somebody's opinion or their way of doing it takes over and you're nothing. But you ever talk to somebody and they're not listening to you? That drives me crazy. If you like really want to throw me off track, let me be talking to you and, and you start looking away and uh, trying to interrupt me. And oh, you, you're not even listening. You're trying to think of what you're going to say next. I think that's demonic. But anyway. You know, other people have something good to offer if we would just listen to them and respect them we might walk away with the goodness that they've got going on in our lives right how to live like Jesus be wise how make the most of every opportunity how do I do that understand God's will and be filled with the spirit and which is just letting God be God in you every moment, every day of your life. Did you receive that today? Say amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for meeting with us here. And uh, thank you for your word and how powerful it is in our lives. Today, if you realize that you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now just to invite him into your life. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can say these same words, don't just repeat them, but I'm just doing this as an example, but mainly from your heart, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I need a savior. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and on the third day he rose from the grave. I repent, I turn from my sins, and I turn to Jesus right now. Come into my life. Forgive me. I put my trust in you. I follow you today. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, I just want to be right with you and consistent. I want to love like you and live like you and talk like you and walk like you. And I, I submit myself to you right now. I surrender myself to you. I want to ask that everyone at both of our campuses please stand with me. I just want to pray this prayer over you. Father, thank you for today. 
Thank you for the opportunity of coming here and worshiping with other Christ followers. Thank you for the word that Paul wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote to the church at Ephesus, but is still alive and breathing in your word today. And thank you for the word and for how it speaks to us and it helps us, it shapes us, it guides us, it lights our path in the ways that we should go. God, we love you. Thank you for services like this that we can have just a closing time of worship. And Lord, I just pray that people wouldn't just rush out today, but God, we would worship in this song and then we would hang out in fellowship before we leave church today. God, bless each one in Jesus' name.